This is the Personal Profitability Podcast with Eric Rosenberg. Hey there, Profiteers. Welcome back for episode number 104 of the Personal Profitability Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Eric Rosenberg. Today is a great day. I actually just got home from a town about two hours north of me. I drove up to San Luis Obispo and I spoke to a group through the social services department all about getting back to basics and, and the foundations with budgeting. So I'm all revved up about money today. I love it. I'm, I'm just so inspired after a great day. Also, very excited to welcome today's guest to the show. So today's guest is Spencer Chambers. He is an author. He wrote Dating Your Investments. Uh, he has a a whole bunch of cool entrepreneurial activities in his history. He's the CEO of a company he founded called the Chambers Organization. But he, he has some really fun and unique uh, businesses in his past, including a, an underwear line called Jewels for Your Junk that we'll talk about in the episode. So I, I just thought that one was a fun one. And I love the creativity and, and The inspiration that I drew from Spencer, because I could tell he's really passionate about his business. He wants to take it a long way, and there's a lot we can learn from this one. So we're going to dive in right now for our interview with Spencer Chambers. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I am excited to welcome today's guest, Spencer. Are you ready to get profitable? Hell yeah. Awesome. So how did you get into entrepreneurship and into this position now where you run multiple businesses? Yeah, so I actually started when I was in sixth grade, believe it or not. Um, I love that. That's I awesome. I was walking through Costco with my mom, and I wanted this blue Jan Sport backpack. I didn't have the money. I had, I think, six bucks or something in my pocket. And decided, you know what? I can't pay for a $25 backpack, but I got six bucks. So I'm about 10 years old, thinking, you know, how am I going to get this backpack? And I saw this this double bubble, you know, the, the single wrap pack of gum, like back oh, yeah. in the 90s. Oh, yeah. That's Super good big, stuff. Right? It was five bucks. So I figured, you know what? I'm going to spend my $5 off a dollar left, whatever, invest, right? I did the calculation. If I sold every piece of gum for five or ten cents, then I would eventually be able to buy that $25 backpack with the profits, right? So I paid myself back and got the backpack. Great business deal. I ended up uh, getting a call from the principal, but instead of getting called to the principal because I was hurting their vending machine prices and uh, <laughs> undercutting their their margins, he came to me, which is the ultimate, right? Totally. So, that's kind of how I started in business. I just always have had that business mind. And now today we have a full service real estate company. I have a book out, Dating Your Investments. That's kind of how I got into what I'm doing today is I saw a need uh, from being in this industry for pretty much my whole life. My parents owned a construction company. Um, and then I just saw the needs along the way and said, hey, who better to fill it than the person that uh, sees the need can fill the need. Do you still have the backpack? I know it's been a while, but oh, you know did what? It survive? That would be awesome. I don't know if I do. I know what it looked like, though. I could probably find one on eBay. <laughs> it was that double zipper, super expanded. I mean, I was what ten years old, weighing maybe sixty pounds. I'm assuming. Uh, yeah, I remember the Jan Sports. They were the bee's knees back in the day. 
You know, I actually also had a fun business idea in middle school, but I learned from that one that timing is really important. Remember those what would Jesus do bracelets that were really cool? Yeah. So I'm Jewish. I didn't really have much um, interest in what Jesus would or would not do. You know, for people who do, that's awesome. But I saw the trend in the bracelets and I thought, you know, I'm going to make bracelets that say N-E-Y-S, never eat yellow snow. And I'm going to sell them to <laughs> skiers and snowboarders. But I had the same problem as you. I didn't have that startup money, which turned out to be about two, $300, if I remember right. So I did it five years later or so when I was in college and learned that timing is very important with your business. Because that one, well, let's just say I still have a bag and a half full of bracelets that say N-E-Y-S decades oh, later. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I definitely get that. I had an underwear line. I still have it, actually. It's called Jewels for Your Junk. It's the only underwear in the world with diamonds on the waistband. And That's I amazing. created it because I saw everybody had diamonds on the Ed Hardy, on the this, the bling, the that, the that, whatever. Nobody had it on their underwear. And somebody said, I was on, on this stage and I, somebody goes, you know, you're so fancy. You probably have diamonds on your underwear. And I said, you know what? I don't, but that's a great idea. <laughs> and so I went and I developed this underwear. It's the only one in the world. Anyway, but timing is the problem. By the time I got done developing, it was Ed Hardy was on its way out. And uh, I think he sold the company or something like that. And, and I just kind of lost out. The good thing is I think... I think if I hold on to it long enough, it trends come around. I mean, the 70s are in style, 80s are in style. Pretty soon, Ed Hardy's going to be back. You know, those those rich kids of Instagram need to get their underwear somewhere. It might as well be you. Heck yeah! I'm <laughs> hey, I'm all for it. So what was the what was the process like? So you had this idea to create an underwear line. I love the name, by the way, Jewels for Your Junk. That is super fun. <laughs> so you had yeah. this idea. How did you find a manufacturer? I mean, obviously, diamonds are not a cheap, raw good. Uh, you know, it, I've never made a clothing product other than ordering some t-shirts custom-made online. So what was it like manufacturing and creating that product to sell? Yeah, so that, that was quite an experience. I think I was like 18 when I started. And I knew nothing about fashion, by the way. Uh, my background was solely construction. And I was like a Starbucks barista because I liked coffee. Um, so literally no idea what the hell I was doing. And went down to the L.A. Fashion District and literally just sourced it. Walked every single street, which is sketchy, by the way. If you oh, guys yeah. have ever been to L.A. Fashion District, it is safe. But from somebody in suburbia, it's definitely not the... Uh, Somewhere you want to be after dark. Let's just say that. Yeah. Uh, and so I went down there and just started walking the streets, looking at fabrics, trying to figure out how am I going to actually, you know, put these diamonds. At that time, it was Swarovski crystals because they were cheaper um, or I should say less expensive. Um, and they were still cool, but they were like, you know, 50 cents versus $500. What guy, at, you know, 18 years old has that money? Anyway, so I had to figure out a way to the elastic. That was the biggest part is figuring out the elastic, how the, it, you could apply this stone to the elastic without it popping off because it has to have give and stretch and all that. So right. I essentially did R&D without knowing I was doing R&D. Um, <laughs> so I, I would stretch it and it would pop off because you could glue it, you could hot fix it, you could do whatever. So I ended up finding these settings and they're these special type of settings that are proprietary to us um, that I'm not even going to say what they are. But they, they come in through the back and hold it in place. Well, the problem with that then created a new problem is 
Now you can't have metal against your skin on underwear. That just doesn't work. Yeah, so I had to comfy. create an actual <laughs> elastic that had um, the ability to have something on the inside of the elastic. So it's essentially two pieces of elastic fused together. And there's only one machine in the world that can do that, um, that I was told and, and found out, which was in China. So I was, you know, at this time, probably 19, manufacturing huge elastic production in China. Um, honestly, I don't know how it all happened. It just, I worked really, really hard. I saw the vision. I wanted it to happen. I could see it in my brain, and I had to go out there and figure out a way to create it. And so it really just came out of, you know, a lot of hard work and finding and being uncomfortable with my situation and then turning that into, you know, what it is today, which is awesome. That's great. I love that. So how did yeah, you then go took me all over the world, actually, which is even more cool. <laughs> but how did yeah. you go from uh, from this point in your life where you'd had a few different businesses, you'd been hustling into the world of real estate where you need you know, big dollars to get started? So what I found out through fashion, and I had a brand that was in Brazil. I was the U.S. CEO of the U.S. division for a brand called Nexi. Um, I had my underwear line, and we're dumping hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars. You know, it was a pretty big production. Producing in Guangzhou, I would import all these, you know, sweaters and jackets for the ladies into the U.S. We were at Magic. We were at some of the biggest shows. Anyway, realized. Hey, if I'm spending this amount of money in fashion, right? The burn rate is about one to three million dollars. That means for every million dollars you spend, that's just to break even, right? Mm -hmm. That's what a burn rate is. So from that point, it was kind of just like, duh. If I was spending this amount of money in real estate, that's a secure investment. If I'm getting people to invest into a fashion line that they can't see, it's just believing in me and my ideas. How much more successful would I be in, in real estate, number one? Number two, I already know real estate like the back of my hand because I grew up with it, right? Mm -hmm. And I had all the licenses, by the way. So oh. it was kind of like a lost opportunity that I was, you know, I just was trying to run away as far as I could from real estate because I didn't like it. But what I realized later on is it wasn't that real estate I didn't like. It was the way that it was run. You know, the business was run differently than what I would have done. So that's kind of how... I shifted from fashion back into real estate is really just out of, look, if my time and money were spent in a different way, I would have been a millionaire. Like, no, no question. So you've got real estate licenses. You're keeping busy. I like your, uh, you got a motor on you. <laughs> so, th so then yeah, you wrote a book. Insane. My publisher said there's nobody he's worked with with the drive that I have. And I don't know how, but it just happens. I wake up with crazy ideas I love and it, it just, let's do it. Why not? Yeah. So how did that book come about? Uh, I was So I was in real estate. I had a company in California, and I had a company in Washington. I grew up in Washington State. Um, and so I was flying back and forth. I was, what, 24-ish, 20, somewhere around there. And I had two houses, a wife, a son, and it was just insane. <laughs> and I was at this conference in Hawaii with some great friends. And, and the week before that, I had been on a flight to Denver to go meet with uh, my chief of staff who's out there. We were sitting in the Ritz-Carlton in Denver eating dinner at Elway's, which, by the way, they have the best short rib I've ever had in my life. It just popped into my head, dating your investments. Dating is the process of exploration. People make it way 
different than what it really is. What are you doing when you're going to date a girl or date a guy? You're, it's a process of seeing if they're the right fit, right? Right. So now, what if we put that into investing? What if we put that into your legacy? What if we put that into your comeback? You know, uh, some of these people want to be in, in in real estate. They like the idea of real estate, but they have no idea how to start either. It's very intimidating. So what I've done is I, I created this book with, you know, that person in mind, which like, hey, I really like the idea. I know people have made a lot of money in real estate. There's two ways. You the stock market or real estate. That's how people make most of their money. Just like you're dating a girl, you're going to date investments. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, that reminds me of in my uh, old fraternity days way back when in college, when we went through and learned how to do rush, you know, they said you know, rush in your fraternity is really just like trying to you know meet girls. You're trying to get build a relationship with someone and get them to like you. And it's the same in business. I realize that skill comes up again and again and again. You know, just getting to know people, building relationships, being genuine, and hopefully they like you. And that's uh, you know, that's true in in sales and so many aspects of business. It's such an important concept. I love that that you build that right into the the framework of your book. It's a, it's a great concept. The only way to really do business is relationally. My uncle would always say, life is a contact sport, so open up your phone book. Yeah, totally. That's such a great idea, especially for millennials today who are, you know, I, I admit I'm a little phone averse. You know, I, I'd rather podcast than phone call usually. I'm like, hey, just text me like a normal person. So yeah, definitely you know, build those relationships. Don't be afraid to get on the phone. You know, those And, and those in-person relationships have been so important to me as well in, in my success. Yeah, so what is next for you you know you've got you know you got the book going on you got the real estate thing going on you got jewels for your junk that that might come back at <laughs> any moment uh, what are you planning you know what, what's your 2018 look like my 2018 is really going to be focused on helping other people I, you know i kind of hit it let's call it plateau um i had two houses like i said I, I was flying back and forth doing what people would think you know wow this guy what else is there right but really it wasn't that fun to me i didn't enjoy it like you would think you would um the the straw that broke the camel's back actually is i went to my house in seattle and i poured a bowl of cereal poured the milk into it and it was sour milk and i said what the heck i just bought milk how the heck is it already bad i look at the date and it's like way expired i'm like my brain's going, dude, you just bought milk. What is wrong? And then I realized, oh, that was in California, California house. And I'm like, okay, I know it's the stupidest example, but that was just, that was the straw. I was like, okay, I'm done with this. Yeah. I cannot keep up with this life. It's just too much. So I wrote the book and now it's like, okay, you've done all this stuff that most people would like to do. How are you going to give back, right? So I wrote the book. I really want to help people be financially sound. There's a lot of stuff in school they don't teach you, I think. Uh, that's my opinion. But about finances. I want to create a legacy that helps people understand finances and be financially literate, right? There's a whole lot of people that are broke. There's a whole lot of people that want to be entrepreneurs, you know? There's a whole lot of people that wish they were out of this rat race. Oh, yeah. How, how else are they going to do that? It's only through knowledge. 
So the only way to really do that is to get out there, help people, see their dream come to pass, and just equip them. That That's really what my 2018 looked like, is getting in front of people, helping them, and reaching down to pull them up. Not talking down to them, but pull them up to the level that they want to be at. That is awesome. So people want to learn more, if they want to connect with you, if they want to see what you're doing, where you're going to help people with their finances and businesses, where should they go? They can go to Facebook. They can go to Instagram, CEO Chambers. They can go to the website, spencerchambers.com. Anything they really need, we will help them if we can, and it's within what we do. I I will reach out personally and and help anyone in the situation where they need, you know, advice or whatever it might be. Excellent. So we will have all of those resources as always in the show notes, ladies and gentlemen. Spencer, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Well, there is another one in the bank, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you enjoyed listening to that interview with Spencer as much as I enjoyed interviewing him. Everything we mentioned, as always, will be at the show notes at personalprofitability.com, so you can check that out. Make sure you do. I I love to have you visit the website in addition to listening here. I actually have a whole blog there that started way back in October 2008, so I'm almost at 10 years since I started blogging. It's It's a big milestone coming up. Also, you know, I mentioned really quickly in the beginning that I spoke earlier today up in San Luis Obispo. I am available for speaking. So if you run any kind of big event or conference or anything like that, and you would think a uh, you know personal finance or entrepreneurship expert belongs on your stage, be sure to reach out. You can get me at ericrosenberg.com for that and a heck of a lot more. So thank you, Spencer. Thank you, listeners. It means the world to me that you're here listening. I wouldn't do it without you. And uh, yeah, that, that's all I got for this time. So thanks for sticking around till the end. And until next time, stay profitable. <laughs>